everyone, and welcome to another episode of Eyes on Earth. Our podcast focuses on our ever-changing planet and on the people at Eros and across the globe who use remote sensing to monitor the health of Earth. My name is Jane Lawson, and I'll be hosting today's episode. We'll be talking about how Eros has been involved in an effort to map fires for the National Park Service. A fire atlas for each of nine parks includes maps showing burn acreage and severity for every fire within each park since 1984. Yellowstone, for example, has had nearly 100 fires, ranging from a few acres to thousands. The project used data from Landsat for earlier years, and both Landsat and Sentinel-2 for more recent fires. The National Park Service Fire Atlas is part of a larger interagency project between Eros and the USDA Forest Service that's called Monitoring Trends in Burn Severity, or MTBS. MTBS maps the burn severity and extent of large fires that are at least 1,000 acres in the western United States and 500 acres in the east. Our guest today is here to talk about the process of creating the National Park Fire Atlases and how they will help with park management. Krishna Batarai has spent 12 years involved in mapping fires for the MTBS project at Eros and now serves as a technical lead, working with analysts and overseeing project quality. He took the lead role in completing the National Park Service Fire Atlas project, making assignments to analysts and training them while ensuring quality of the delivered product. Krishna, welcome to Eyes on Earth. Thank you, Jen. First of all, let's talk about what a fire atlas is, like what information gets included for each fire and how does it look on the map? Fire atlas is the compilation of fire information of one area such as a fire pattern, fire extent, and frequency. Fire Atlas is really a great resource to understand a complete fire history of one place. When we create data for each fire, that includes fire perimeter and burn severity map. Fire perimeter includes fire name, fire ID, fire date, fire year, and burn accuracy information. Burn severity map provides a color classified map and the patterns are reflected in six different colors, representing different severity class. Red color represents a high severity, and dark green color represents unburned. So either the area with the low severity didn't get burned at all or just a little bit compared to the very high severity, which was probably just completely burned. Is that correct? Yep, yep. So you're taking Landsat imagery from before the time of the fire and then after, or how does that work? We do the initial assessment. We take a Landsat image just before the fire and after the fire. If we do the extent assessment in the high biomass area or in forest area, then we take the next year growing season. For example, fire in 2000, we picked 2001 and then pre-image from 1999. Why does the National Park Service want to map the fires in this way, and what do they hope to do with the information? Fires have been mapped extensively by multiple projects and agencies, but they do have different objectives. Those are not very useful for NPS. They have a size criteria. For example, if we talk MTBS, they do not map below 500 acres in the eastern corner and below 1,000 acres in the western corner. They are not mapping the small fire. But NPS units are very small, much smaller than that. NPS fire, they range from a half acre to over, like a thousand acres. They want to map these fire because nobody captured those ones 
and they need those database for their unit. So that's why they are working with MTBS at Eros to create this file atlas for their own specific boundary. Otherwise, it would be hard for them to get this information, especially on those small fires like 10 acres. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, in this case, I noticed we map a lot of fires with one acre size. There are many fires that we map very low acreage, and then it goes to like Yellowstone Fire Atlas, a very large fire over there. They want to map this fire within their unit boundary to develop a reliable data source for the historical and current fire. Right. They can look back and then what can they do in the future if they know this information about the past fires? Local fire managers must have the good knowledge on the fire history. Only at that point, they can make a sustainable strategy for the future. I believe these data sets are very reliable resources for them to understand past fire behavior that may help them to understand fire history, current fire activities, and plan for the future management. This sounds like a valuable tool then. Do you want to tell me how the process for completing one of these um, atlases, how long does it take to map the information for one fire? And then how about for a park the size of Yellowstone? Because you did do Yellowstone. The process the first time, once we get fire information, then we do scene selection and processing. And then once we get data ready for mapping, then we do the perimeter delineation using ArcMap. Then we do the burn severity interpretation. Analysts group that into four classes, such as high severity, moderate, low, and unburned severity. And then we start bundling and deliver to the request. This is a simple process to complete mapping. The time for mapping one fire depends upon the size of fire. Small fire, it may take only 20 minutes. But if it is a bigger one, it may take more than a day. Mostly, we work very small fire, normally one hour for one fire. That includes all scene selection, processing, everything. So I just say one to two hours for one fire. So for an average. <laughs> I would like to mention here that each fire includes multiple different data sets. Landsat, pre-image subset, post-image subset, fire perimeter, and burn severity map. We also create a KMG file that is Google Auth supported. Once we open the KMG file, it opens all the data, uh, mostly burn severity map and pre and post image on Google Earth. So any user can view the fire on the Google Earth high-res imagery. So had you worked with the National Park Service before on MTBS, or was this a new sort of relationship? Eros has been working for a long time with the Park Service. Every year, we receive requests for mapping multiple individual fire, and we have been working like that. But this time, from last year, they had a proposal creating fire atlas for each unit. So we had a relation for a long time, but this is a different kind of project. So they wanted nine units, right? Yeah, they had initially provided nine units to us, so now yeah, we all completed, yeah. Besides Yellowstone, I understand some of the nine parks included Zion National Park, Saguaro National Park, Pipestone National Monument, and Tallgrass Prairie Preserve. Did a particular park or fire stand out to you as more interesting or challenging to work with? This is kind of new because they wanted different data sets, and that was the new stuff that I was working this time. That was kind of interesting. 
they compile data from different sources. So they had a very hard time to compile, organize, uh, manage properly. They provided fire information like for five fires in one single entry. Fire, burn date, different date in one single entry for same year and had a hard time which one burned it goes which fire. That was kind of challenging part. But the other one, it was really interesting to work because it was new tasks. The final product we hope is going to be really great uh, resource for the local park manager. So we were very excited to work on this one. Wonderful. Do you have any closing thoughts you'd like to share? Local manager, they could use this data in different ways to create a long-term plan within the park. Since they are digital form, they can add data from other sources like topography, climate data, fuel data, vegetation data, like land cover data, to analyze history of fire. Look at how fire impacted that area and how they're going to create a new plan to resolve those impacts. And also, it's a very good resource to plan a long-term strategy within the park. Well, thank you, Krishna, for joining us for this episode of Eyes on Earth. Thanks for having me. And thanks to the listeners as well. Check out our Eros Facebook and Twitter pages to watch for our newest episodes. You can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. This podcast is a product of the U.S. Geological Survey, Department of the Interior.